left has us all wrong. We don't want to simply turn the clock back to a time when the status quo of elitist deep state bureaucrats dominated us. We want to restore the republic our founders intended, an America that is of, by, and for the people. An America that abides by its constitution without fail. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 234 of the Patriot Review. Common sense seems to be in short supply these days. As a matter of fact, I was just writing a letter, a sample, a template, if you will, for people to contact their representatives at the federal level to get on them to get uh, to get the J6ers freed, to admit the truth about the so-called bomber, the pipe bombs, that uh, turns out. Well, I'll get to that in the news, I think. Uh, so today we're going to talk about nukes. World War III, crazy climate uh, agenda, and more. So let's get into it. I'm going to pop up some stories and go through them here with you and give you some thoughts. Uh, it's just, you know, this <laughs> this picture of Biden is perfect. I wish those of you who are listening to the podcast could see it. But, uh, yeah. It's official. Top Biden admin brass is toast. So you know that I've been talking about the border a lot, as has everybody else who's doing what I do and all of you, because it's actually a sickening display of how little the American population means to the people that we elect and put in office. And uh, it's, it's a display that has to be taken care of. And really, there needs to be some legal actions taken against the people who allowed this all the way up the chain you know, on one hand, they talk about the J6ers who really were unwilling or unknowing participants in the American Reichstag fire. More and more proof of that is is out as we go. Conspiracy theorists, I always say, you know, a conspiracy theory, the only difference between that and fact is about six months. Well, that's for the small ones. The big ones, like January 6th, the American Reichstag fire takes a little longer. And my point in this is that the left loves to say that you know, this was an insurrection, insurrection, but don't mind the millions of, you know, military aged men who are coming from radical Islam, Islamic countries in Africa and in the Middle East. Don't mind them. Don't mind. What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, majority are, are military aged men. What do you mean that, um, They've demonstrated hate towards our country, uh, like the guy I showed a few days ago talking about, you know, talking to the uh, American um, journalist, I guess would say, who was threatening him, saying, oh, you're going to find out who I am. You're not smart enough to know who I am now, but you will. I showed that footage, and there will be blood on the hands of these people, and they need to be tried for treason, actually. That is what the charge should be. And I uh, will argue with anybody about it. If you want to come on the show, let me know. So the southern border has been just this open gateway, as we discussed. Uh, here's, you know, here's an example. I'll show you this video. 
And for those of you who can't see it, I mean, what this picture is not full of is family. What this picture, what these videos are full of is military age men. So the whole the whole line, the whole line of BS about, oh, it's just families who want a better life, is being exposed. And the real truth is that these Democrats and rhinos don't care about you or your children. 16-year-old girl in Texas that was raped and murdered by an illegal. Don't care about her. Don't care about your daughter. When are you gonna? When are you gonna wake up and realize that we cannot be the we cannot be the saviors for every person around the world? When are you gonna wake up and realize that mega, make America great again, and the whole America first actually translates to Americans first? It's the correct agenda for us to have. Yes, we all love to do good deeds, and we all love to take care of people, help people. These people are not here to be helped. These people are here to destroy the United States. And we are going to see it, I guarantee you, unfortunately. I, uh, unfortunately, I have to say this, and unfortunately, it will happen. And it will be the fault of Joe Biden, his administration, all the leftists that are out there who preach these this, these lies about those of us that really care about America and American citizens first. That is what we should be doing. That is why we have a government. That is why we the federal government is charged with protecting us from these very people. And then we have then we have these do good liberals like this lady who's down here and she's talking to these people and once again you know and she's going through the crowd she's just waving at people and talking to people it's like wow the american people are are just in for a world of hurt unfortunately you remember that it was 19 people who, 19 terrorists, real terrorists, not people who care about the Constitution on January 6th, but real terrorists who took the Twin Towers down. 19 people. We've had upwards of, I don't know, the numbers, depending on who you ask, is you know anywhere between 18 million to 22 million people come across the border illegally. We know that 19, that magic number, we know that 19 people on the terrorist watch list got acro got across just recently. We know that you know 75,000 people are suspected with ties to uh, radical organizations or or Islam itself. And it's about time the whole Islamophobe bullshit stopped because you don't see Christians running around screaming Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ and blowing people up. Islam is not a religion; it's a political system, and they want to bring their political system here to the United States. And it's time to tell the truth, and it's time not to disparage people who are courageous enough to tell the truth. And um, unfortunately, we're going to be proven right, and this is going to be a big disaster. And this um, this um, imposter that's in the White House, uh, he is preparing us for his base, his what amounts to his and the other war hawks money laundering operation being thrown into full gear, otherwise called World War III. And that's what they're getting ready for. So here, 
U.S. military lowering standards again as recruiting crisis continues. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be all the woke BS that people are are getting shoved down their throat in the military and they say to themselves, this is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to serve in this. Um, (laughs) uh, Again, common sense seems to be absolutely lacking. At the same time, U.S. nukes are reportedly on the move as the threat level increases. So what are we doing? Well, we're we're putting uh, nukes in the U.K., and um, they had been removed in 2008 amid decreased tensions between Russia and NATO following the end of the Cold War. And then all of a sudden, because, you know, we, we want to expand NATO countries, and Putin... Putin said, you know, Putin had an agreement actually um, that that uh, Ukraine would not become a NATO country, a NATO country, and uh, the zone, you know, was stable, and now obviously it's not stable, and that is because these people are doing what they can to kill our sons and daughters in a war. That they that they wish to profit from, and that is the true reason that all this is going on, and uh, it's just absolutely sickening. Along with that, we we discovered the victim, one of the victims of the bombing, uh, <clears throat> which, by the way, I showed footage of Joe Biden yesterday saying that you know Trump lying about Trump walking by or not not going to. Uh, a base in, I think it was Saudi Arabia, where the weather basically held him out of that, and he lied about about what Trump said about it, and that was shown. We saw Kayleigh McInerney talking about this and showing the showing the uh, talking about the ten or so people who were direct witnesses to what Joe Biden was actually lying about, and. You know, then under Biden's watch, we have Specialist Kennedy Sanders, who told her mother that she wanted to take her military career to the next level after she got from the Middle East. Her mom was unhappy about her wanting to get a motorcycle, right? Concerned about her safety. And what happens? She she gets killed because of the incompetence of the fool we have in the White House right now. And, you know, I will, again challenge anybody who wants to talk to me about it. Donald Trump was the only president in 72 years not to start a new war. Donald Trump, who uh, now, I have to tell you, is has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for his, his agreements in the Middle East, which um, drew Arab nations and Israel closer together. And this is before, of course, Biden gets in and enriches the Iranians and the Iranians back Hamas and they attack Israel directly on the shoulders of Joe Biden, right? Uh, so the, we're seeing this along with the anti-Semitic, the increase in anti-Semitic uh, idiocy on college campuses and in the news and even in our in our politicians like the squad and you know, it's it's something that just has really gotten sickening, and in the I always say that it's two specific areas that cause most of the problems. Number one is education. Number two is the media. The 
our our education system is full of leftists, communists, socialists pouring lies down the throats of our children, pumping them into their brains, and then the media reinforces it for all the young adults and all the adults who really haven't been really responsible enough to actually take a look into things and understand what the real truth is. And that media is directly responsible for many deaths around the world. And they should be held accountable for it. And people push back against Trump for saying that he's going to hold the media accountable. Well, free speech and deliberate, deliberate to propagandizing that kills people are two different things. And they do it knowingly, willingly, and without re regard for safety and with no regrets. These people are evil and they need to be cleansed from the United States uh, media and they need to be fired and they need to be shunned and they need to have criminal actions brought against them uh, if it's proven that they that they willingly uh, were negligent and, and actually followed through with these things that, that we're talking about here. And it's pretty obvious to anyone who has any common sense whatsoever that the media is complicit in, in all of this and they are, mem individual members are also committing treason because the objective is to go global, destroy our country, destroy Western civilization. And if you can't see that by now, then there probably is no hope for you unless you, <laughs> unless you get some ambition and start reading. So we have the Chicago mayor now extending stays for migrants in the latest slap in the face to city residents. So Mayor Brandon Johnson was elected to replace Lori Lightfoot. What a disaster. Um, but it ended up being like jumping from the frying pan into the fire. And he's doubled down on a lot of, a lot of uh, Lightfoot's opinions and policies. He now has a 28% approval rating. And, you know, doesn't the approval rating kind of show too that, right, people don't change their mind that quickly necessarily. There's a large portion of those people who probably didn't vote for him that, that uh, their votes were changed or not counted, just like we saw. And it's becoming more and more obvious, just like I said, with the 2020 election with Trump and others. And... Uh, Anyway, just the thought that this is this is one of those elections that was probably stolen as well. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So according to the AP, the chief reason for the extension of these services uh, is the weather in Chicago. You know, they just went through the, this cold snap. I'm in Wisconsin. We suffered the, from the same thing. Um, they faced eviction right in in a matter of days. However, you know who suffered was this was the citizens of Chicago, the people paying the taxes, right? So they have all these temporary emergency shelters. They have hotels that are filled with them. They have, you know, all this uh, absolute nonsense going on because they're trying to get more voters and they're trying to destabilize the United States, and um, we're paying the price for it. So they, they, the mayor. People like him, the Democrats, the rhinos, uh, are on an all-out war, all-out war against the American uh, citizens. And you know, 
Fortunately, we have been the adults in the room and we haven't gotten violent, and that is something that we need to we need to continue. And I know that's unpopular with some people, but um, you know, first we have to try to write our election process and vote these people out of power, and we have to use every legal means available to us, just like they do, and we have to try to to, uh, to flip flip these people and get people in there who really are concerned about fairness and justice and and everything else in their in their place because over the past few years we've seen you know complete disparity in the treatment of people based on their political opinions and views and not based on their actions and it's been a rather disgusting and embarrassing and discouraging uh, thing to watch and uh, I think it's getting better because more and more people have finally decided that they've had a whole belly full of it and they're not going to put up with it anymore and they're not going to tolerate it. And that's only a good thing. Be right back with my interview with Steve Gorham after this break. Welcome back to the Patriot Review. Steve Gorham, he's the executive director of the Climate Science Coalition of America and author of four books on energy, climate change, and, and sustainable development. With over 100,000 copies in print, Steve's new book, Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure, is coming out on August 1st. Steve, welcome back to the Patriot Review. We, we talked a little bit um, well, quite a bit the first time on climate change specifically but there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then and we were just kind of bantering some of that and you were telling me some of the updates but uh my first question is this may be one that you're not asked that often and that is that you know, what is it like being a guy who you know has the opinion that that you do when all this is supposed to be settled science, that that's what we're told over and over again. Well, this is settled science, and everybody agrees with it, and anybody who disagrees with it is just crazy. So you've put yourself out there with these four books, and um, why, why have you done that? What is your, what's your background, and what led you to be doing this? Hey, Jeff, great to join you. And, um, yeah, interesting uh, 
a, a question. I guess I just like conflict. <laughs> I, <laughs> Join I, the club. <laughs> I have written these four books. I do. Uh, I speak professionally to uh, a bunch of different industries, uh, transportation, uh, metals, utilities, agriculture, and a number of others. And I talk to them about energy and I talk to them about climate change. And I, I will often say my opinion is a minority opinion, but it's a a facts-based and economic-based minority opinion. And the bottom line is that uh, climate is dominated by natural factors, not man-made emissions. And despite the fact that the world is spending a trillion, more than, about a trillion dollars a year right now and trying to push it higher on renewable energy, uh, it's not likely that, that any of those efforts are going to have a measurable effect on global temperatures. But they are gonna impact people, of course, um, uh, they're going to uh, uh, take away their uh, their uh, gasoline cars and gas stoves. Uh, they're going to force people to uh, try and live on intermittent uh, wind and solar electricity, and uh, they even want to change diets and a lot of other things. So, so it, it, it's a tremendous uh, uh, misapplication of resources around the world. We have so many other things that that we need to spend money on to help uh, nations develop and reduce disease and all that. And we're wasting all this money to try and stop uh, carbon dioxide emissions. Is that is that really what we're trying to do? I mean, to me, this is, you know, I'm probably much more political than you are. But to me, I view this as a, as a power grab. I view this as people who see the opportunity to use climate change as a weapon to, to gain more power, to gain more wealth, and to gain more control. You know, the, the left likes to say that they... That, that the people on the right and the Trumpsters, the MAGA people are, that we're the fascists, but we're not the ones that are trying to control what you cook on. We're not the ones that are trying to control what car you drive or don't drive. We're not the ones that are, you know, trying to control uh, your diet, as you mentioned. You know, so so what what do you think is behind this? I mean, I'm sure the, there's environmentalists out there, yes. They, they are really genuinely concerned about the planet. And I think we all are. I think we'd all agree that we should be responsible with the planet and what we do with it. But um, how far do you think this goes down the the dark road of politics when it comes to the, the politicians that are making a stand on this issue? Well, it, it's, it's a little bit hard to differentiate the two, as you point out. Uh, climatism, the fear of human uh, global warming, human-caused global warming, uh, is used over and over for policies for uh, to get people to do what you think they ought to do. Um, the United Nations, for example, has uh, uh, several big objectives. One is to be an, an environmental leader, but the other two are one. Uh, one of those is uh, to establish a world government. And the president okay. of France, former president of France, Jacques Chirac, said at one time that the first United Nations. Climate conferences were the first example of world government. They also want to redistribute wealth from the United States, Europe, and other wealthy uh, uh, continents and nations to the developing nations of the world. And we have uh, we have a whole bunch of environmental groups that are opposed to oil and gas and, and coal, want to get rid of those, and so they use the, the theory of man-made warming to try and do that. Uh, it it does appear that is the case, though, but I have to take them at their word. You know, I think Al Gore has uh, been environmentalist since the 1970s. The thing is, the facts don't mm -hmm. support what they're trying to do. 
His actions don't support it either. Doesn't does an environmentalist that's so concerned about the planet fly all over the place on a private jet and own a bunch of mansions and you know, I mean It is his, remarkable. His, yeah, John, his carbon footprint is bigger than yours and I's time <laughs> our, yours and mine times ten, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It's much bigger. He's got a huge house in uh yeah. in uh Tennessee. Uh, uh climate envoy John Kerry has said, Well, his work is too important to even fly with commercial jets. He has to fly private jets. And we just had the uh, United Nations 28th Climate Conference, COP28, in the Middle East, and we had 80,000 people fly into that place, uh, emitting uh, three pounds of carbon dioxide for every pound of uh, jet fuel burned. So it was literally the biggest carbon dioxide emitting event of 2023 was this conference. And uh, so, you know, it is, you know, we got all the hypocrisy and everything else. Yeah, uh, but the bottom line is not as I do. <laughs> Both sides of the aisle are good at that. Do as I say, not as I do. So John Kerry, you know, he's a guy who's caused problems all over the world, um, on the political front and on the environmental climate change front. Sorry about the jets this morning. I'm going to switch to earphones. We got near a Air Force base, so we got all these jets. Oh, I can't hear them. I can't. Oh, you can't. You can though. Okay. Um, so you have on here too. Former president, uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has called, and I'm reading this. That's why I'm looking off screen. Um, she's called for us to track climate deaths. And how do you? What is behind that? And how do you do that? Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. This was again at COP28 early December, and um, Mrs. Uh, former Secretary of State Clinton has. Uh, came out, said uh, she wants to start uh, tracking uh, deaths from climate change. And if you remember during COVID-19, that was that was a big feature. Uh, people could see every day how many people had died, how many cases of, uh, of COVID uh, uh, had been occurring. And, and some of that, of course, we know the, the numbers weren't necessarily correct. But they were using yeah. they were using that information to promote vaccines and promote and promote other uh, remedies uh, to get the population to try and do whatever they wanted them to do. Vaccines we now know cause myocarditis in young males and directly are related to fatalities and and other uh, and other things. So don't even yeah, start on the COVID thing. I could go all day on that. Well, just this but, week, we had a paper published in Nature Medicine by uh, Dr. Colin J. Carlson of Georgetown University. And the paper basically says that there were uh, 4 million cumulative deaths since 2000 from climate change. And uh, he said that millions of these were preventable. And so it appears the latest push is that uh, they want to move toward, uh, let's get a daily, daily count of climate deaths. And of course, they're going to define them any way they want to define them. Uh, uh -huh. Mrs. Clinton said there were 60,000 deaths in Europe last summer from, from the heat waves. That may be true, yeah. but you need to look at the total picture. So here's my thing about that. Yeah. So they want to they want to control the energy that's used, reduce everybody's carbon footprint, go to wind and go to solar. And we're seeing brownouts. We experienced them in Texas. We experienced them in California, yeah. which directly led to the deaths of senior citizens in in heat waves. And so let's let's count them both ways shall we what is the cost of of following their plan and fatalities that we can point to and say well this is a direct result 
of the brownouts versus what their numbers are, which I which I tend to believe are going to be somewhat you know, questionable. Yeah, well, it's even bigger than that because the, the whole idea that heat waves are causing deaths from climate ignores the rest of the situation. And, you know, when I speak to groups, I will sometimes ask them, okay, which do you think is better for people, uh, cold weather or warm weather? And usually the audience gets it right, it's warm weather. And our uh, flu seasons are from about October to March in the Northern Hemisphere during our cold months. Yeah. They're from about uh, May to uh, September in the Southern Hemisphere, they're cold months. And if you if you go and you check uh, countries and COVID cases, you'll find that in every nation uh, there are more COVID cases during cold months, and more people yeah, get well. sick during cold months. And then other people have done have done studies that talk about deaths. A guy by the name of Falagas about ten years ago looked at ten countries, both northern and southern hemisphere, and he found that in every case more people died during the cold months than the warm months. So if we get a little a little warming, we're actually going to have fewer people die. So uh, the idea well, just, of tracking climate to, deaths has to be a big distorted event. Uh, just to interject in there, though, you know, it, it is still you could, cold or or heat. Yeah, you can still say, okay, well, this is due to not being able to supply the necessary <laughs> cooling or the necessary warming to yeah. people because of our energy shortages, because of the climate change laws, and. You know, the other thing I'd point out as far as COVID and how that, you know, you look at the number of people who died by, according to the stats uh, of the flu, um, where did all those flu deaths go for the years they were counting COVID deaths? All of a sudden, the flu was non-existent. Yeah. And, you know, so I really, I really believe that they wrapped those up into the COVID numbers. And, um, you know, so that's a, that's a whole other topic. But in this case, you know, the... The whole purpose of this, I think, and you had mentioned, you know, the, the one world government thing. Yeah. And I want to get you want to get your opinion on this. I mean, do you do you see the same thing I do that they are directly tying this to say that it's a health crisis in order to give the World Health Organization and by extension the World Economic Forum um, power over what is done in our country to our citizens? Well, it, it really is crazy. About about three years ago, there was a, a 70 U.S. health organizations got together and signed a document saying that uh, climate change was a health crisis. And one of the big things was that temperatures were warming. So my wife, uh, my wife and I lived near Chicago generally, and we bought a condo in Virginia Beach. And we spent time now four months of the year down there. But I had to think, you know, uh, the average uh, temperature in Chicago is about 10 degrees Celsius year-round. In Virginia Beach, it's about 16. So that's that's double what the United Nations says might happen by 2100. So I have to wonder, were we endangering our health, right, by spending four yeah. months a year in Virginia Beach? Or if you if you look at Miami, it's 25 degrees Celsius. So it, it's just goofy that and and you know and and then where do people retire? Well, they, they don't retire to North Dakota or Saskatchewan or Alaska. They retire to Arizona, Texas, and Florida. Aren't they foolish? Right, right. Don't, don't they know? Yeah. Our, our
after we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was exactly. Our daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And, um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. Warm climates are dangerous. It's yeah, just completely right. upside down. Yes, it, well, everything is upside down these days, <laughs> I think. But um, the uh, the book that you have coming out in August... Uh, well, actually, it's out. Came out last August. Oh, it came 1st. out. I thought it. Oh, last August. I'm and, sorry. And I it's done it pretty well. It was uh, last month. It was twice uh, number one in Amazon's energy policy category. So. Oh, good. Uh, it is being uh, picked up by people. So you talk about in that book though renewable energy failure. What yeah. do you mean exactly by that? Yeah. So the book's called Green Green Breakdown, and it looks at 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 efforts to do this complete energy transition. The world is driving to try to get to so-called net zero by 2050. At least the wealthy nations of the world, the United States, Europe, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and a few others. 
I want to get rid of all coal, oil, and natural gas, uh, eliminate all carbon dioxide emissions, uh, try and capture whatever they can't get rid of. But this is an impossible goal. This is this is more than reach out. This is just not going to happen. So the book discusses what, what's going on with the power plants, home appliances, electric vehicles, uh, heavy industry, uh, ship, air, and train transportation. It uh, talks about the energy crisis in Europe uh, over the last couple of years. And by the way, it's filled with uh, a lot of fun. There, there are uh, There's a cartoon in front of each chapter. Uh, there are about 150 color sidebars and and all these headlines in the sidebars from from what people have talked about. There's a there's there's an article in the New York Times said that people should mate with short people to help control global warming. And then there's a <laughs> there's a professor in Sweden that is urging people to eat human flesh to control global warming. Oh. And after his lecture, he he takes a, a a poll to see how many people be willing to try human flesh. And then. <laughs> There's a, a cosmetic sur surgeon in California that was taking tissue from his patients and boiling it down and using it to run his vehicles. He actually was oh pro God. he was prosecuted for that. But the book yeah, we're the ones that are crazy. Yeah, the book goes into all this madness that is going on. So it's it's amazing, uh, and I think people will enjoy it. Well, it sounds like a, a really good book to read and to use as evidence for discussions and uh, <laughs> that is if you can find a person who's actually willing and has an open enough mind to actually have a discussion which is is another issue in our country seems like lately but um, so let's talk about the electric cars because sure. the campaigns going on and there's a lot of discussion about you know I think it hits exactly on what you're talking about that the technology just isn't isn't quite there yet that it'd be a different matter if the technology was there and you know we we could manufacture these things cheaply and you know not to mention all the other issues surrounding it like you know all these components and the batteries and the and yeah. the, the come from China and they own the world's um lithium right and uh and all these concerns so do you do you see or do you have any opinion on on that aspect of it and whether or not we're on a timeline we could actually be replacing some of the fossil fuels soon or what do you think about well that? electric cars are penetrating world markets uh they're up to about 15 percent of light vehicle sales uh around the world only about eight percent in the u.s and uh they've got some advantages you got those uh cool teslas and they're they're fun to drive and if they're they're a good second car uh, if, it, if you're charging at home and driving short distance to work, they work real well. Uh, but then there's other problems, and, and more and more problems are emerging. Uh, we have issues with, first, the vehicle weight. They're, they're roughly twice as heavy because of the size of the battery. So eventually, they're going to be paying more road taxes. Uh, maintenance is very expensive. Hertz just announced a week or two ago uh, they had bought 100,000 Teslas, and they're now selling 30,000 of them. And they're saying that, that the, uh, the problems with, with uh, repair, uh, when they have a collision, you know, if you, if you bump the battery in any way, then it might cost you $20,000 to replace the battery. It's a big, big charge. And also they're, they're, they're finding that their insurance is, is quite high. In the US right now, insurance for EVs is about 70% higher than a gasoline car. And then we just got this 
big black weather, black eye in Chicago because of the weather <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. That, that made national headlines. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing, you know, my my corporate has my corporate employment for about 30 years was in the field of safety and environmental compliance. Yeah. And on the safety side, the first time I hear that this car is twice the weight, yeah. I think, well, your your fatalities are going to increase. For everybody they hit and everybody who drives one, you're talking about you're talking about uh, a, a a much you know you're comparing it to a dump truck hitting a car versus somebody's uh, old Ford Pinto, right? And yeah. that 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 weight becomes a, a much a more hazardous projectile when it comes to accidents and incidents on the highway. I would think. Yeah, there are pros and cons. Sometimes lighter vehicles are, are less durable, but you're right, especially those EV pickup trucks. My gosh, a, a Ford E150 a gasoline was about 4,600 pounds, but the uh, the uh, a Ford uh, EV uh, is about uh, 6,500 pounds, and then a Chevy Lightning is all the way up to 8,500 pounds. You wow. got a four-ton pickup truck. I mean, it, it really is amazing how heavy these these vehicles are. Wow, but, that is amazing. That's something that I don't think a lot of people really take into account when they start talking about the electric vehicle thing. Yeah, but you know, we, we got a new we got a new uh, new saying in Chicago after this cold weather. Ninety uh, percent uh, of the electric vehicles ever made are still on the road, and ten percent of them have made it home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But we had these we had these long areas where these uh, you know frozen EVs. And they were pushing them around at the charging stations. And then you're not supposed to be running the vehicle while you're charging it, sitting there, carrying next to their car, no shelter, uh, you know, and and freezing. It's it's not good. Yeah, that's the first thought I had. I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin, and I, that's the first thought I had is when you're out on the road, and you know what happens if you get stranded. Well, you, it used to be that you could run your car, and you could run your car a lot longer than yeah. you could stay warm in a, a battery powered car for sure uh and most people let's face it they don't they don't drive around prepared to get stranded and you know that's just a fact of life people just yeah. don't no, do what they another do. issue is if you have an apartment if you don't have a garage uh, then you might be running your charging cable over a public walkway i mean that doesn't work very well so there there are issues the, the big problem sure. is governments are trying to force people to make a switch and that's mm -hmm. just crazy. Uh, we ought to let the market decide, let electric vehicles penetrate the market for people that want them. Uh, but we're on a path right now where the uh, the EPA is tightening both carbon dioxide emissions and mileage standards. And unless this changes by 2035, it's going to be impossible for any manufacturer to produce a line of gasoline cars. So we, we just need to get, get back to some sensible policies. Yeah, good luck. Good luck on that. We have to we have to uh, take back our government, in my opinion. I I don't mean violently. I just mean we have to we have to once again become a a government of we the people and not all these all these power hungry, corrupt, you know, um, people we have in now. So, where do you see the energy costs rising? What do you see? You know, what's your prediction in the future? Yeah, next couple of years. So you're right. The green breakdown is uh, is is going to point out for four problems. One, we talked about less freedom because of the the forced adoption of of uh, gas stoves and and gas and electric cars. 
another is higher energy prices. And uh, we're starting to see, particularly in, in those, uh, those blue states, uh, which are adopting renewables, we see electricity uh, prices rising very fast, New England and elsewhere. And the biggest case is California, of course. California in the last three years passed up all of New England to have the, the second highest electricity prices in the country behind Hawaii. Uh, the U.S. national average for 2022 was 15 cents a kilowatt hour. California is up to 26 cents a kilowatt hour. And it's going to go much, much higher Pacific Gas and Electric is an, is trying to get a 30% increase in rates. So, And this is wow. because they put in all this wind and solar. They also have to keep their traditional systems around for when wind and solar aren't working. And so the prices go very, very high. But the more wind and solar we put in these electricity systems, the more we're going to have rising prices. Yeah, and that's, I mean, there's really no foreseeable... There's no time, there's no uh, way to, to to say, okay, well, this will last over the next X many years. It's only going to get worse until the infrastructure is built to support it, which is really not likely to, to, to happen anytime soon. I mean, one thing the United States is, has been really bad at is, in, in just my opinion, <clears throat> is making sure that our, our grid system and, and uh, making sure that we are keeping up with the technology that's available and we're not very good at protecting it either you know it's 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 uh and it, it's open to attack you know through internet or directly you know and that's that's an issue that's been ongoing for a long time so yeah uh, so what do you what do you see as far as the 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 public acceptance of well the public taking position either pro or con against this? Do you think that there's a swing now where there's more resistance to this? Well, I think there will be. Yeah, let me add something else about the grid. I, in my in my opinion, a big problem is that uh, most of the utilities have surrendered to the states. The states are pushing renewable portfolio standards, which means you have to have a certain percentage of, of renewables. Uh, they've stopped fighting this idea that they got to build wind and solar all over. Uh, Michigan's an example. They have like 5% renewables and uh, Governor Whitmer is saying got to be 40%. It's got to be a, a net zero by 2040. And so they got to get rid of all their, their uh, coal and, nat and natural gas and it's just going to be crazy. But I do think people are pushing back. We're starting to see this issue now. Uh, in California, they build five new, they're building five new gas plants. They've also delayed the closing closing of the uh, Diablo Canyon nuclear plant, their last uh, uh, nuclear plant that was slated to close. Uh, in in Texas, they're also a, a very concerned. Texas had big blackouts in uh, uh, February of 2021. Uh, power was off for uh, three full days to four and a half million people. They had 200 between 200 and 700 people die, which is bigger than major hurricane. And uh, now they haven't had a blackout since then, but this last year they had 11 power shortage alerts, which is just crazy. They were telling people don't uh, don't wash, uh, don't run your air conditioner, don't plug in your electric vehicle, and they've really got to get that that system uh, straightened out. But I think uh, they're going to be moving toward getting it better. People have to do that. You have to have your power that's on. Uh, New England is another area. New England has a shortage of natural gas, 
because the state of New York has blocked pipelines going to New England for the last two decades. And so they've been importing liquefied natural gas at world prices, very expensive. It costs uh, uh, more than $1,000 in the winter to heat a home in uh, a, base, a regular home in New England now. And they were importing uh, uh, LNG from Russia for a little while <laughs> before the yeah. embargo. Uh, but, but so they're the next one. They get a really cold winter uh, and they're, they're likely to be without power. So I well, think Governor, people are going to just say enough of this. And that's what Green Breakdown is about. They're going to push back and say, hey, we've got to get back to low cost, reliable energy again. Yeah, I think it's past time to say, to say that. And people like Governor Whitless are mad communists who are bent on again control and um, using the environmental issue as a as a weapon as a wedge to get that control and um, I think the American people are getting sick of it in many ways it's not just the the climate change issue you know it's it's uh, it's the it's the whole it's a whole movement towards a communist party system and the the uh, imbalance of our justice system based on political beliefs and the censorship. I mean, there's yeah. so many there's so many things in our country right now that are really upside down, to use your term, and it it is. I mean, it's just a fact of life. So, um, so, so I appreciate you coming on, and you have the Green Breakdown, but I wanted to show you have you have four books in total, and yeah. you mentioned this other one, the Mad 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 World of Climatism. Yes, you want to talk <laughs> about that book a little bit? Yeah, well, I, uh, my first two books, I mentioned climatism, and the second one was The Mad, Mad, Mad World of Climatism. It's, it is uh, in the same kind of a design as a Green Breakdown with a lot of color sidebars, and I tried to be as sarcastic as I could about climate crazies, but it's got 800 notes like all of my books do. It goes through the complete uh, uh, discussion of, of the breakdown of the greenhouse effect, climate science, and then it gets into energy uh, but it's uh, there were actually 100,000 of those books printed, so that one has done very, very well. And um, I would recommend it to, particularly to anybody who has uh, kids in school. Uh, it's, it's good for about eight, eighth grade and up. Uh, it, there is some, there's some technical stuff in it, along with the uh, cartoons and the fun. Uh, but people, what they're teaching in class now is crazy. Uh, uh, if you have if you have children in school, you really need to give them another point of view. And this is a great book. It's got uh, uh, three polar bears sitting in a in a uh, or two polar bears sitting in a Mazda on the front cover. <laughs> I've got it on I've got it on screen. You can't see it, but and, uh, the, the audience can see it. A real good book for families. But uh, but anyway, people need to push back. They need to read these books. They need to understand. And when they're building a, a, a solar system in your town, you ought to be out there uh, pushing as why we need to do this or, or, or wind turbines. And why are they raising your electricity prices and going to all these renewables? And as you say, we do need a, we do need political changes, both at the federal level and at state levels to get back to uh, reliable, low cost energy. So there's one other question on here. You warn about transnational energy crises. Yeah, this is what happened. This, this happened to Europe over the last two years. They still have natural gas prices, which are about 50% higher than, than they were two years ago. And they're about uh, three times what the price is in the United States. Their electricity prices are double. And they they uh, they set up their own. They, they uh, had a big reliance on wind and solar. They had a big reliance on imported natural gas. 
and uh, it's causing a lot of problems. Uh, in in England, they're saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, don't shower or shower less to save energy or shower with a friend. Uh, but uh, and it, it, it's and by the way, there are people there that are putting up newspaper on the inside of their windows to help their insulation. Uh, this is this is a loss in standard of living in many parts of Europe because of energy and because they take. Nope, I got you muted now somehow. Can you hear me all right? I can't hear you now. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Now I can. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, uh, this loss of standard of living is going to occur occur in nations, and these uh, this transnational energy crisis is going to occur in nations that continue to push wind and solar, and get rid of our traditional uh, fuels. And it's another reason why people are going to going to move back toward uh, uh, reliable energy. So, you know, in closing, I, I just want to ask one more question, then I'll let you finish it off. Tell people where to go to find you and sure cetera, and where to get your books. But so. I think the human race is, is very vain. We look at these things like in the scope of our life, our lifetime, right? This is all, I remember being in school and we were certain to have another ice age, right? In the yeah. 1980s, we were going to have an ice age and everyone yeah. was going to die. And that never happened. And I just think that the human race is so vain that we tend to, to think about, well, this is in the window of my lifetime. We could do this. We could destroy this. Everything's so bad, blah, 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 blah. When they're really the weather cycles of the planet, aren't they aren't they closer to like thirty thousand year cycles or something absolutely insane like that that we completely miss the boat and what our our true impact really is? Well, there's long term, medium term, and short term cycles that I discuss particularly in the first two books on climate. But you're right, some are thirty thousand, some are fifteen hundred, and then we have short ones like El Nino Southern Oscillation. But these these dominate Earth's climate. And you're right, people are very arrogant. They think they can control it. Uh, if we all buy a wind turbine, and if we all get wind turbines and solar cells and electric vehicles, we can stop the oceans from rising. I mean, that is, that's just very, very faulty logic. Uh, but that, yeah, yeah, I saw something on a documentary about um, Mars having a problem with ice melting, right? With the, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh my God, that's because I'm driving a, you know, <laughs> fossil fuel car right i'm affecting everything on mars now yeah so so yeah i think the arrogance is definitely there but so how can people reach you where do they get your books and what yeah. else do you want to say in closing so uh they can go to my website steve gorham g-o-r-e-h-a-m.com and they can order my books i'll send signed copies to them uh, uh the soft cover versions of course are on uh, amazon and bookstores and then there are ebooks out as well uh, which are a little less expensive. So uh, I would invite people that, you know, if you have a uh, gasoline car, you, if you use electricity, if you got a gas stove, you need to read this book, find out what governments have in store for you. Yeah, it's scary, <laughs> actually. But thanks for coming on, Steve. I appreciate it. And, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I'd like to have you back on as this drama unravels. It'll be going for quite a while. Yes, it will. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Good interview. Steve is always uh, very gracious with his time and appreciate him being here. In wrapping up today, I wanted to call your attention to this story. Department of Justice conducting criminal investigation of, of uh, squad congresswoman. And 
At the same time, Ron DeSantis is calling for Ilan Omar uh, to be deported, <laughs> which, um, you know, we got her and we got Cori Bush and things are going on. So what do I think this really is? Well, I'm skeptical. What I think this really is, is distraction. I think that more and more stuff is coming out, proving the DOJ is way past what they should be doing. They're, they're, they're uh, attacking people for their political views. They're imprisoning people for the first time since World War II when we interred uh, shamefully Japanese Americans. They're interring now, putting into prison people who support Trump just because they support Trump. They're raiding homes of people who support Trump, of people who don't buy into the woke agenda and speak up in the in the meetings of parents who uh, whose daughters were raped by a supposed uh, trans male in the girls' bathroom, and the and the guy who is going to the board of education or the school board is the one getting arrested. Um, all of this all of this stuff is coming. Uh, January sixth stuff is coming out. The bombing that I talked about up front, or the bombs that were planted, the uh, the whole operation that uh, has been exposed now. So this is this is just a distraction, I think, to say, hey, no, 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 we're really fair. We're not biased. We're investigating both sides. We're doing this and that. Don't buy it. It's complete bullshit, and nothing's going to come of it, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see it because the justice system is just so slanted right now. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining me. And um, there's other stuff in the news, but I just can't get to it within within the hour. Now we have RFK coming out um, saying that he was asked about the VP uh, role and what his answer is. I will post that article for you to read. We will see you again tomorrow. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for